the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k23 mo mootsi alongside me as always the one and the only mr bj armstrong bj how you doing real name mo real name mo no gimmicks real name no gimmicks i'm doing great a little nba little nba action and uh let's get to it let's yes, get to we'll, it my friend let's we'll, not waste any time we do have to start this off on a slightly sad not slightly a very sad note um hall of famer willis reed very sadly passed oh, away today yeah. now bj for our younger audience here who who don't know the history of the game all that well can you give a little insight into what made willis reed such a great basketball player and human being wow um no, I just try to get through this quickly, you know, you know, hey, my condolences to him and his family, right? Um, I had many opportunities to meet Mr. Willis Reed and what a great human being, first of all. Just, he was, always had a kind word, incredible, incredible person and an amazing basketball player, Hall of Famer, two-time champion, with the Knicks, um, with the New York Knicks, you know them, the great, them championships don't yeah, come easy. Yeah, one of the, he had one of the great moments in in basketball history, right? You know, he's not he's he's hurt and he comes out there and plays and finds a way. You know, when you say toughness, you know, you got to think of you know Willis Reed. So, very sad day for the NBA family and the NBA community. Uh, he would be, you know you know, dearly missed within the community. Uh, he was president, GM, he coached in this league, he played in this league, and he was just a great, great human being and ambassador for the game of basketball and everything he did. So again, you know, our, our deepest thoughts are with uh, his family during this time and, and everyone in the NBA. So, but if you have a chance, you know, you know, please look him up you know, on YouTube and what have you. Just a just a great player, right? But a, a, just just a marvelous, marvelous human being. Absolutely, man. Thoughts and prayers go out to his loved ones. And, you know, it's good to see the Knicks doing well this season, though, on that note. They are doing quite well. They had a really interesting game the other night against the Timberwolves. Um, and it got me thinking. I started thinking, BJ, man, I'm starting to feel real old. I'm starting to oh, feel wow. real old. <laughs> You're feeling old, man. What does that say about me? I mean, (laughs) I watched this game, the Knicks against who is it, the Timberwolves, right? And Julius Randle had an absolutely amazing performance, right? He came out and dropped 57. Right. But I just can't get excited about these high scoring games when you end up losing to the Timberwolves who didn't have Anthony Edwards or Carl Anthony Towns. Torian Prince dropped 35 on you. So is that just me? Because we had this back and forth about Devin Booker's 70-point game. If you're going to drop all these points, you got to win the thing. You know, Alan Iverson said to me last week, he goes, bro, if you cross someone over, it don't mean nothing unless you make the shot. And that's the same hmm. mentality that I have. Like, what's the point in these big scoring games? Why are we supposed to celebrate it if you don't win the game? Do you share a similar sentiment or am I just a grumpy old man? Well, you know, I, I I can't afford to, at my age, to watch the game through the same lens. So I've already changed my glasses. Okay. And what I used to, what I used to think about the game and how I used to look at the game is totally different now. What made it change? 
Well, they're playing a different game. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, I think the score at halftime was like they had like 69 or 70 points at halftime, talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. Right? It was like 70 to 68 or 70 to I mean it was like it was like incredible halftime score. Right? I mean 68, 70 points in a half. Mm-hmm. Oh, in a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was like, and and whether or not they they're you know two-way players, right? You know, Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards weren't even on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they scored 68 points minus two all-star caliber players. Well, Mo, what I can't afford to expect more. Yeah, that, that's just the way that that's the way you play now, right? That's the way the game is played. That's the what it is. And I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not watching the game in the same lens. However, you know, Julius Randle had a third quarter for the ages. Okay. He he got cooking, and I don't know how many scored. I think he had twenty something. Twenty six? You know, did he have in the third? Yeah, yeah. It's like a record. He, I mean, he, he took over from Carmelo. Yeah, he he got cooking, but you know when I watched that game, okay, they had about I don't know for sure. Talking about Minnesota, they had like five or six guys Mo, in double figures. Mm-hmm. Mo, like five or six guys in double figures. I mean, you're like, okay, what is going on? And this is the New York Knicks, right? You know, Coach Thibodeau has a reputation for defense. Yep. <laughs> and, 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 Mo, the score was like 100, what? I don't know. What was it? 100 and... 140 to 134. And for the Timberwolves, not... I mean... Uh, Torian Prince had 35. Mike Conley had 24 with 11 assists. Gobert had 16. Jaden McDaniels, 18. Carl Anderson had 10. And then off the bench, Nas Reed had 12. And uh, Noel had 14. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay, that's seven guys, right? By my calculation, yep. that's seven guys. I mean, it's like unbelievable. Mo, it, it really is unbelievable. So I'm not expecting anything, you know. This is the game. Guys are shooting threes. It's a well, it, it, I don't know. Like, well, I, well, I don't know. It's interesting with all the scoring because the Knicks did put up 134 points. Mitchell Robinson finished with zero points. He went zero for one from the field and he put something up on his Snapchat recently where he said he's basically tired of doing cardio, just running up and down. <laughs> I, you know what? You know, Mo, I, I'm I'm a big guy trapped in this little guy's body, right? <laughs> I thought that was great. I love the big color for that. <laughs> if I was, if, 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 you know what? I love, I love, you know, I, I love big guys, right? And you know what? If, if I was on, if I was on social media like that, I would have liked that. I mean, that was funny. <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, I thought that was. Uh, I thought that was funny. I thought it was hilarious, and I got the joke. But you got to be a big guy to get the joke. But I got the yeah. joke though. It was. It was great. Like, hey, like throw me the ball. Well, speaking of social media, one topic that has been sweeping through the Twitter streets recently: Mario Chalmers has done a little media run recently, and the quote that stood out oh. for everyone is when he says, "Back in the day, everyone was afraid to play against Michael Jordan." but no one's afraid to go up against LeBron. And he means the night before a game, people are worried about having to go up against MJ. People aren't don't have that same fear when they go up against LeBron. Maybe when they see him on the court running at them on a fast break, they're a little afraid, but he doesn't strike that fear into his opponents. I wanted to get your take on that. Because, you know, you talk to current players, you obviously played in that same era with, with Jordan yeah, as well. Mar- well, I, I mean, listen... You know, Mo, it's 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 a different time. And listen, Mo, 
at my age, I don't feel I have to, I've never felt this way, but especially now, I don't have, feel like I have to tear down one person to, you know, to, to prove what, you know, what I know. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like, listen, <laughs> it was just a different game. Like, well, it, 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 you know, like if you say it was a different game and then I start telling you the truth about that era, you're going to be like, oh man, he's hating on this era. Mm -hmm. I, it, Mo, it, it, so I just don't say anything like, like, let it be, let it be what it is. However, Mo, however, you know what I, you know what I truly am hoping, Mo, this is what, this is my hope. Okay. You know how everything comes back in style? Yeah. You know how, like, you know, like you see like bell bottoms come back in style, you know, then we went to skinny jeans and you get uh, the bell bottom. What's a bell bottom? Yeah. 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 No, the wide legs. At, oh, at, oh, at, boot cuts. Yeah, boot cuts. Them boot cuts. Yeah, okay, yeah. Boot yeah. Cuts. And then, and then, and when you see fashion, things just come back in style, right? You know, yeah. like as a kid, I wore like Converse cons, and I actually played at them. And then they come back, and then now they're you know some type of fashion. You make a fashion statement, you know. So things yeah. come back in style. Never skinny this is jeans. What I'm hoping. Though. I can't co-sign yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, thirty years from now, Mo, you and I'll be somewhere, and we'll see skinny jeans, and they'll come back in style. I, you'll I never, you'll, you'll never see them on me. I guarantee you that. Uh, okay, I, that's fair. <laughs> this is what I'm hoping comes back in style. I'm hoping, Mo, that professional sports, as I once was introduced to it, with three components to it: you compete. You you tried to win. And then, you know, because you were a professional athlete, Mo, you wanted it to be entertaining. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mo, like, you know, you wanted to walk away and you saw Magic Johnson do a no-look pass. You go, Oh my gosh, did you can you did you see that? Did you see the guy dunking over such a Dr. J would come and dunk and you know, you would see Kareem shot, you go, Man, that's one of the most beautiful shots I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, you 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 would see Larry Bird and these guys and you know, you 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 walk away and say, "Wow, like these guys are really good." Like, well, you would, you know, AI for instance, where you just like he would cross over and you'd be like, "Wow," you know, mm. you would just like, you know, it, it was entertaining. I I hope it comes back to that mo. I think I, I think really it's still into. I, I mean, there's no way you can't watch Steph Curry and think, "Oh my God, what's he doing?" Or jump around and think, "Holy hell!" Okay, I. I, I I said, there's three things. I hope it, it, it is there. It, you can't have one. It can't just be an entertainment league. You got to compete and you got to win. We get lost in generals in for the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you know, the Harlem Globetrotters were entertaining. Okay. Yes. What makes it professional sports is it has to have those three components to it. I hope, though, they, that it all comes back at some point. Like mm -hmm. everything in life, it comes back in, in style. I hope it's competitive. I hope, you know, the, the winning matters where, you know, you don't hear as much. I'm not saying it doesn't matter now. It just seems now we're more interested in, oh, this guy can play. This guy needs help. This guy needs things. Now, I'm saying all these things to say the following. You know, you asked a question about, you know, you know, what Mario Chalmers said. You know, you know, it was just a different time. And, and and here's the thing, Mo, that that I am always aware of because I have kids now that are in their twenties. Well, I have kids that are in their twenties. Okay, mm -hmm. BJ has adopted me for you guys listening. <laughs> yeah, well, and Mo is is so I got three 
I got four kids now. Okay. And I got both. So I am. And you guys, I just told my son this today. I go, you know what? I learned so much from talking to younger people because you're always introducing me to things that I have no idea about. Like I like Mo, I don't know what's going on in the minds of younger people because you know, like I'm I'm kind of 30 years removed from that now. I like well, I'm 55. I'm so far removed from that. I'm like, <laughs> like, okay, what are, what are you thinking? Like, what are you saying? And, and then and then we they always laugh at me, just like you're laughing right now. You know what I mean? But you're my kid, you're my you're my kid now, too. So <laughs> I don't know, Mo. I, I literally, I literally don't know, but yeah. I am open to learning. I'm open to hearing what it is and try to make sense of it. Today's game is just a different game, Mo. You know what it is for me? I think, I don't think it's a knock on LeBron's greatness to say people aren't afraid of him. Like, if no one's afraid of you, but you still come in and drop 35, 10, and 7 or whatever, fantastic, right? I think now, especially now, 20 years deep, no one's afraid of LeBron because they all grew up, fans watching, he's, he's been in the league that long, that they're not afraid of him because they don't see him as a peer. You see guys... You see Jabari Smith Jr. make his NBA debut and he goes up to LeBron and he says, oh, you know, you played against my dad, right? How can you be afraid mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. someone that you watched play against your dad? You know, and, and LeBron is a really quote unquote nice guy. You know, he's friends with all the other players in the league. Guys like Kobe Bryant, for example, or Michael Jordan, they weren't so friendly from what we, what we have observed from a fan and media perspective. I don't know if you have a different perspective. They weren't yeah, as friendly, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you know, um, LeBron's training with KD in the summertime or LeBron's joining Miami to team up with Bosch and Wade, XYZ. He's more friendly, right? And it's not a knock against his greatness to say that guys aren't afraid of him. And then the other factor is as well, you know, if we're going to just state the facts here, Jordan came in and reeled off six straight championships. LeBron has had his flaws in the game. Um, you know, like when you look at what happened in Dallas, X, Y, Z, not to say it's a knock against him, but I'm just saying he looks a little more human. Like when Mike was out, Who's this? Who, who are you talking about? Who LeBron James. He looks right. more human. Like when Michael Jordan was in his peak, he like transcended the sport of basketball, right? You know, you talk about him going around the world and people are taping the game. Not to say that LeBron isn't doing all of those things, but you see that mentality when he, when he's there. And I think just because it's not a knock on LeBron. He's just a different style of player. You know what I mean? I think it's, right. it's different. It's like boxing, right? You have some fighters or UFC, you have some fighters that will come in and they'll talk a whole load of trash to the opponent. And you have some fighters who will come in humble, whatever. And they're just nice guys. They want to turn up, do their fight and then get out of the ring. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's a knock against LeBron to say no one's afraid of him. I think, okay, cool. He's not like Kobe, who's going to, you know, first play of the Olympics. He said to the team, I'm going to run straight through Pau Gasol's chest to let him know we're not friends as long as we're on this court. I don't see LeBron doing that to one of his teammates, but that's besides the point. And the part for me, if I'm going to give my true thoughts on this, is there's one clip of LeBron James. Now, don't get it twisted. I love LeBron. I'm not a LeBron hater by any stretch of the imagination. But there's one clip that I can never forget. It's in the finals against the Spurs when Kawhi Leonard was bursting onto the scene as a defensive menace. LeBron's at the free throw line. He shoots his free throw. He turns around and he sees Kawhi Leonard check into the game 
at, at the uh, the desk, in the, you know, where you check in substitutes. And if you watch LeBron goes, oh, damn. And he's just like, he looks afraid that Kawhi Leonard is coming in to guard him. I never seen Michael Jordan do that. That's all I'll say on that. And I'm not taking yeah. anything away from the greatness of it's LeBron James. It's, I'm just saying. I, 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 I will say this. I, I, I will say this, Mo. This is, this is, listen. When you watch, you know, players, right? Just like when you listen to music, you know, next time you listen to a great song, notice what you're thinking or the emotions that it evokes. Some songs will e evoke a, a certain emotion, right? Whether it's a happy, sad, you know what I mean? Whatever emo, a good song. I don't even care if I like the song. If the song brings me to some emotional thought, I like the song. Yeah. Every time, you know, this is one thing about that generation. And Michael happened to be the best player in that generation. Your raw emotions and your raw feelings. Michael Jordan embodied that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Bo, Bo, like, you don't have to be a Michael Jordan fan. You don't have to be a fan of that era. But when you did watch that era, that era evoked an emotion. Mm -hmm. Okay? That era was about competition. Clearly, people were going to, like, the game was so physical, Bo, they had to, like, change the rules because... It was so, it was raw. Yeah. There were, Mo, I li I played in an era where, Mo, the referees would tell you, hey, man, don't drive to the basket tonight. <laughs> For real. You, Mo, you get hurt. Mo, you did. You know how these guys go to the basket and are finger rolling and all of that? You didn't. Mo, no one do, did that. Why? Because the bigs, there, there was a rule, Mo. There was an unwritten rule in the NBA. You know how you watch a game now and guys will be going in, doing a layup, a reverse layup, and then they start pounding on their chest? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you didn't do that. Why? Because big guys took it personal when little guys would come in and get a layup. Okay? You, who who you are those Who are those guys that would be in the paint when the ref would tell you, oh, don't uh, go to the hoop tonight? Oh, 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 those are guys like Jeff Rulin, Rick Mahorn, Buck Williams, Bill Cartwright, Bill Lambeer, the, the whole Pistons squad, <laughs> the late Kevin Duckworth, uh, Charles Oakley, Otis Thorpe. The list goes, Mo, if you were a big guy and you could drive on that team, the Davis brothers, everyone did it. It wasn't just one guy. Like, Mo, you drove to the You've seen the, how many times have you seen the highlight? Kurt Ramis is tr going in for a layup and they just like clothesline the guy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Common foul, two shots, and let's play. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now, Mo, you accidentally touch someone's ear, flagrant two, and a suspension. <laughs> <laughs> you celebrate too much, you get flagrant now. You got to, you yeah, got to take up a celebration. Bro, bro, you talk to yourself, they call a technical on you now. You yep. don't even have to talk to the officials now. Yep, yep. So what I'm saying, Mo, is that era evoked the rawest feelings that you had. And it evoked, like, like when you watched that era, right? When you watch 
the Pistons, for instance, and you watch the Bulls, Bo, those teams, those players were attacking for 48 minutes. They attacked you on defense. Jordan attacked you on defense and offense for 48 minutes. He was attacking. Mm -hmm. There was no more like, what's up, bro? What's it? (laughs) 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 No, Mo, Mo. And you knew those guys didn't like each other. There's something about that raw emotion that brings out the best in the players. It brings out the best in the fans. And sometimes it gets a little emotional where it spills over and everyone gets a, you know, there's confrontation. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you something, Mo. We respect that level of relentlessness that you brought to the game. Mo. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if that's good. I don't know if it's bad. But I do know this, Mo. I, I love to see competition. I know the fans love to see competition. And I know everyone respects that. And when you know, Mo, you're playing against someone who's relentless. When Mo knows right now, before the game starts, if he goes to the basket, he's going to get fouled to expect contact. Mo has to make a choice the night before to say, hey, man, I know he's going to hit me. Mm. What you going to do? Now, mm-hmm. are you going are you going to react in an emotional way and get thrown out of the game? Or are you going to accept the physicality of the game and get yourself prepared mentally and physically to play in a game that where if you weren't tough enough, you couldn't play in the game. Mm. That's a It's a different game. So, of course, guys, now you don't have to worry about that now. Mo, I can't be mad at this generation. They didn't. Mo, I had to be concerned about that when I played the Detroit Pistons. I got to make a decision. If I drive to the basket, I know Lambeer, Rodman, and John Sally are waiting for me at the basket. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they're not trying to block my shot. (laughs) (laughs) No one's trying to take a charge there. Yeah. I have to make, Mo, that's a different decision. So the night before that game, guess what I did, Mo? I had to get prepared for what was about to occur if I was going to play that game. And how did you Which is totally... Well, Mo, I had to I, I had to understand. I had to understand what was expected of me. At some point, I was going to have to get hit. At some point, I was going to have to do what I had to do. At some point, Mo, I knew I was going to have to be the last line of defense and foul them just as hard as they were going to foul me. Mm-hmm. And, Mo, I also knew that you can't be the most aggressive player on the floor and be the victim yeah. at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if they hit the crap out of me, I had to pick myself up. And no matter how bad I was hurting, I couldn't let that pain be seen on my face. Mm-hmm. Because I understood the game within the game in that era. Right? Like, it's easy. Like, now a guy hits a guy and everybody want to fight. Mo, like, no. I, 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 Rick Mahorn was going to hit me. Anthony Mason, the late Anthony Mason, was going to hit me for no reason at all. Just to say, don't come in here. Mm -hmm. Charles Oakley was going to hit me. Now someone gets hit. Oh, he's a dirty player. (laughs) That's Charles Barkley was going to hit me. Mm -hmm. 
So, Mo, watching Steph Curry drive to the basket now, Mo, I smile. I go, wow. Yeah, that's great. That's great. But let me tell you something. Jeff Rulin and those guys, go look those guys up. Jeff Rulin and Rick Mahorn, they had a combination called bump and thump. And Mo, they dared you. They dared you to drive to the basket. You can look it up. Mo, you can look it up. You, 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 can, you can YouTube it. They call themselves bump and thump because when you played them, Mo, you had to have what's called a stop and pop game. Everyone had to have a have a game where you know what you were going to have to have a mid-range because there was no driving to the basket I, I searched bump and thump 76ers and the first thing is <laughs> Charles Barkley brawls with Bill Lambeer and epic 1990s Pistons versus Sixers fight <laughs> yeah look up Jeff Ru- look up Jeff Ru- Jeff Rulin and, and Rick Mahorn look 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 him up it, it was unbelievable Mo it was just we got to get Rick on the show we got to get Rick on the show bro yeah, yeah, we got to get them on. And you got to, it was just a different time. And I'm sure, this is what I am positive. You know, I don't know what it says, you know, as you're looking it up. If LeBron played in that era, he would have been a different player. Mm-hmm. He would have he would have been a different player. I guarantee you, Mo, you know how you see guys, like Mo, I'll take one thing for, for sure. I know players in this era wouldn't do in that era. No one would be jumping off one leg. If you notice the people in that era, no one jumped off one leg. Why? Because you was always a, you was always aware or afraid someone was going to take you out of the air if you jumped off one leg. That's why everyone jumped off too. Mm-hmm. See, I, when you went to the basket, you when you went to the basket in that era, you went off too. Why? Because you knew someone was going to hit you. You didn't go there with off one leg and and. No, Mo, no little guard like me would be going to there. You know, like Kyrie has a leg game. I, I love that one. Oh, <laughs> Kyrie has a leg game. He's got the greatest leg game. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Antoine Carr and all of those guys. Oh, come on, let him drop. I'm not going to tell you who we would do this on, Mo. We would, on purpose, get guys to drive to the basket knowing very well that the big was just going to clobber him at the basket. Mm. You want to shake him up? You want to like young guard, like young guards. Oh, this guy, he's just getting in the league. He doesn't know any better. He's just going to drive to the basket. Mm-hmm. No, Mo, you didn't Mo, You didn't do that. You, you just, everybody, every guard knew that you didn't do that. You got to the basket. Oh, the big guy would be like, send him to the basket next time. If you really want to know why people start saying red, you know red is push the baseline. Yeah, you know, you know why we really did that, Mo. Why? It's because all guards were afraid to drive all the way to the basket. You get <laughs> clothesline <laughs> from the baseline. A big guy who was lifting on the other side would come running full speed. So imagine Shaq and I colliding at the basket. That's oh, not no. happening. No. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> No, sir. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick Ewing is just waiting on the other side. He's like, I dare you. Yeah. Like, no guard did that. Yeah. So you just kept the ball on one side of the basket. Now you're in a clear out. Your guy starts dandy, dancing. He has to hang dribble. He crosses over, hey, lays it over the big guy, and then pumps <laughs> his chest afterwards. You're like, 
you're like, God, I would have loved to. I would have. I would have loved to see me do that over like Charles Oakley or somebody. Mm-hmm. That, but that was then. So I think what Mario is saying is just it's different rules now. Bo, you, you you didn't do that. You just didn't do it. It wasn't Carl Malone and these guys. You know, you interviewed you know Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. Carl Malone hit Isaiah Thomas. I think he guy had like 50 stitches mm-hmm. just for driving to the basket. Well, the, the good news is, BJ, I'm keeping the 90s mentality alive, as my friends who I oh, play yeah, pick up with will yeah, tell yeah, you. Uh, listen, <laughs> but that's mainly I, I, because I, I'm not going to block his shots. So I'm just going to take you out. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I hope that. I, 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 look, I'm not advocating that. I'm glad they changed the rules, by the way. They had to change the rules. But that was just... That was just then. And you can see the difference in the way they get the game mode. These athletes today are bigger, mm-hmm. they're stronger, and they're more athletic. The rules had to change. Mm-hmm. Because, oh. Mo, if you would allow those rules today to, to exist today that ha- happened back then, someone would have seriously got hurt. And, Mo, people got hurt now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I'm not – look, I was – I was a little guy. I was a little guy. Mo, I was a little guy. I wasn't, I ain't trying to be tough and all that, you know, back in the air with Mo. I respected how the game was played back then. But let me tell you something. These athletes are better today. Yeah. So I'm glad they changed the rules. I'm glad there's no, I'm I'm happy to see these guys driving to the basket and they got their lay game and they're up and unders and everyone's be, okay. Good for those guys. Mm-hmm. But these, what we should have, Mo, I would love for us to have some big guys who played in that era on the podcast. Man, let's get and Rick. I, oh, well, let's do it. Rick may start to. fighting us. He may we, start we, fighting we, us. You know, well, what? we went on his radio show and he was already talking smack from the minute we went live on air. He, so. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and Rick, Rick, and Rick is great. He's, he, put it like this Rick set some really good picks on me. And I wish I was a little bigger. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> well, well, you know, we don't quite have that same physicality and everything going on in the NBA right now. What we do have is a new villain in the NBA. And oh. that's Mr. Dylan Brooks. Oh. Had a great one the other night after going up against the Mavs where he tried to do a jersey swap with Kyrie and Kyrie gave him his jersey then walked off without taking his. Um, you know, he's had his little back and forth with Draymond Green. And, and he's kind of the villain now in every setting. And I'm not saying that I like Dylan Brooks. I'm just saying that it, sports is more fun when there's a villain. I think it's more fun for everyone involved. I, 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 I'm going to say this. I like Dylan Brooks. Mm-hmm. I like, because he embodies one of the three things I just talked about. All right. Whether you like him or not, he competes. You can say what you want to. Mo. Oh, yeah. He, 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 whether you like him or not, the guy takes on the best player on the other team. He took on Kyrie. He takes on KD. He takes on Steph Curry. He takes on Luka Doncic. He takes on every exterior offensive player on the other best offensive player on every team. He takes on Damian Lillard and he takes the matchup. So whether or not you well, like it or not, well, well okay. statistically, Go ahead. Dylan Brooks is defending all star players more than anyone else in the NBA. And he's defending better. I've got the stats right here. He's matched up in a half court defensively 922 times against this year's 
All-Stars than most of any player. He's held those All-Stars from Tatum to Curry to Durant to 45.7% effective field goal percentage, which ranks first amongst the 72 players who have had 400 such matchups, which is the league average. The league average is 54. So the I, I average like player has guarded 54 possessions against All-Stars. He's guarded almost 1,000. No, no, no. And Mo, that's what I'm saying. I, he embodies one of the three things that, to me, what makes professional sports. He competes. I, I think and as you well, can... like, to be a great defender, you have to be kind of dislikable to the other fans. So you think about Ron Artest. You think about, like, Bruce Bowen. Opposition fans hated. Opposition fans hate Marcus Smart. Like, you have to be a hated guy. Draymond Green. Mo, you don't have to be a... You have to have a different mentality. Mo, I'm going to stop you. Mm-hmm. Mo, that's a different... Defense is about two things, Mo. Effort and energy. It, it, you, you don't need any special talent other than to say, I'm going to commit myself to that other end of the floor. Now, the guy does that. Check. Say what you want. The guy plays to win. Check. They said to him, how does it feel to lose $250,000 through fines and suspensions? And he said, it's just paper. That's check. check. Take the check. Yeah, check. That's what I'm saying. Mo, this is what this is what I'm saying. I respect the guy. I respect what he does. Now, if you want to say like, okay. But I wish he wasn't talking. Okay, that's another conversation. I, I don't mind him talking. Well, I wish he had better shot selection. Well, I love his defense. Get the offense. Go I, past I, the ball, bro. <laughs> I, I I love the guy. I I really do. I really I respect Except his game. The, the cameraman thing was bad, though. I did not respect that at all. I, did not, I didn't see the camera. What's his? He, camera fe- he fell into the crowd, and he pushed over a cameraman who's apparently now seriously injured. Um, I don't know what's happening with that situation, but. If you see the yeah, clip, I, uh, it is not I, good. I, that. I don't condone that in the slightest. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that. That aside, I think it's, it's fun when the NBA fans have a collective kind of guy that they want to that they want to go up against. You know what I mean? Like and, a, and, and, and Mo, here's a and here's the thing that I really like about him. He's entertaining. Mo, he shows up. Like Mo, think about it. Before the Golden State game, we're talking about Dylan Brooks versus Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. We're talking Dylan Brooks when he guards Steph Curry. That's, I loved it, Mo. I loved it. Why? Because you're seeing, man, these guys, and they're probably good friends. But you know what? They're when he friends. got tangled up with, oh, I, they got to be. You know why? You know why I want to say they're friends mm. is because when him and Draymond got tangled up. That's like respect. That's like you and I pretending like we don't like each other during the course of a game. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's an act. <laughs> well, I'm not saying it's an act. Right, Draymond just had saying, a few things to say about Dylan Brooks on his podcast. But... Yeah, everyone's saying, but Mo, saying something, and when you get out there with someone, and then now they're like, everyone's like this, you know, holding their hands up. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Mo, like you and I can talk all this stuff. And then when yeah, the game started, I hear you. Like, hey. I hear you because he didn't have the same energy he had for Jordan Poole when it came to Dylan Brooks. I found that highly well, I interesting. Hey, 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 hey! That's your generation. That's your generation. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, I like the fact <laughs> when guys are talking, and I like it, the fact that they're playing to can win. You know, I like Steph Curry. He just laughs at it. 
which I was like, you know what? Good for those guys. Because, you know, I loved playing against guys who like talk, right? Like, because some of the stuff that Gary Payton would say, I thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Gary, Gary was an all time. Larry Bird, all time. And some of the stuff those guys are saying, it's really funny. And it makes the game fun. What's the best touch talk you heard? You got a quick one-liner for us. <laughs> if you got so kids many. listening, so, mute the yeah, audio yeah, now. I can't tell them. I can't tell them. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you one of the best trash talkers. There was a lot of guys. Everybody talked trash, right? Everybody talked trash. I was never a big talker. I, I just I just thought it was always funny. I mean, maybe because I grew up that way, you know what I mean? I, and like when I got to the NBA, it was like, oh, I did that in my in my youth, so I didn't want to bring it to the NBA. But Larry Bird was one of the greatest. Mm-hmm. Larry Larry was one of Larry was one of the best. Gary uh, Gary Payton the was glove. good. Yeah, Gary Gary was who, actually who, great. Who was the best teammate you had at trash talking on that Bulls team? I think. Oh, MJ was MJ was he was he 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 was he 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 was he was. He was next level, you, you know, but you know, his trash talking was borderline brutal because he could back it up. You know what I mean? Like, trash talkers, like most of the time, you know, you would say these things and you were laughing, but the, you know, nothing really happened. Yeah. Like this guy was like, he was putting pressure on you and playing and talking to you. And he was attacking you on the defensive end. So, you know, it was it was so many guys. Every everyone talked. I mean, for the most part, but you know, I I I always enjoyed it. You know, and then you see these guys afterwards, and you know, it's all fun and games. So it, it was good. I mean, I I I I never took it personal. But there there was mm-hmm. you know, but Larry Bird, Larry Bird was one of the best. <laughs> he's one of the best. I he's one of the he was one of the best I've 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 heard. He's he was really that good. Uh, Larry, this, this is Larry. a family friendly show, so unfortunately we can't say yeah, yeah, yeah. all of them. Yeah, but yeah. What, okay. what we're gonna, no, what we're gonna was, do, we're gonna have to wrap up this show, so I can ask BJ what Harry Bird used to say when we stopped recording oh, God, this he, show. <laughs> yeah, Larry, Larry was Larry was one of the he was like one of the he, he's one of the all time that I've ever heard. Like in the NBA, whatever, he is one of, of the best. I would tell you who else was a good trash talker. Like I don't know if people. They may not, he may not be as well known, but Pooh Richardson mm-hmm. was a was, he was just funny. Yeah, he was just the guy was a he was a comedian. He, he, he was just <laughs> <laughs> he, you know. I mean, you know, he, he he's a, a he smaller a guy. That, like, like you got to be a bit quick with when you when you, when you go to yeah, sign, yeah, you got to yeah, have yeah. quick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and you know, without naming names, you know, there were some funny officials back then too. Yeah. Officials used to talk to you back then. It's not like today where they don't talk to the players. Okay. They, the the officials, some of the officials, they didn't take. They were talk. They, they talked just as much trash as the players. Yeah. Back then, for Especially real. The older official. Yeah. It's the older official. That's why. I, that's why I I think, and, and I'm not saying good, bad, or indifferent. I think there's better officiating when you can have an open dialogue with the official. Yeah. Because hey. the official is like human. Yeah. Like, 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 well, like, okay. Like, 
like the there, there there were certain officials who back then, like if you talk smack to them, they'd be like, "What you say, Mo?" Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like that, Mo. They would talk to you like they weren't talking to you like like ignore you and walk away, Mo. They would talk back to you like you you say something crazy to them, they may say something crazy back to you, man. And, uh, man. Uh, so and and, <laughs> and, and, and I'm gonna tell you something. I thought it brought about better officiating because every, when you talk to somebody and no one says something back, you, you know, you may think you're intimidating the guy. And mm-hmm. then here's the thing that I loved back then. Here's the thing that I loved about that era was the best, the better officials. When I say the better officials, the officials who, who you knew who weren't intimidated by the players, the players protected that official. Yeah. As crazy as that sounded. Like if you were a young player and you tried to curse a vet that everyone knew was a vet official, you'd be like, hold up, man. You can't talk to him that way. And you'd be like, oh, my bad. Mo, you would say that about the official. That's crazy. There were officials, Mo, there were officials that everyone knew, like, no, that that's that's my guy. I'm not, I don't want to, you know, play like favorites or anything like that. But Mo, you knew. And those officials had earned that level of respect from the players. And and the players knew, no, that's such and such. No, you can't talk to him that way. Mm, that's wild. And that to me, and Mo, you could like, and Mo, if you were a vet vet and you had a, a 10-year relationship with an official, you could have a conversation that was like, you were like, man, they, 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 they going at it. Mo, you was you would go at it, but it was respect there. It was so much respect there. Now I think that's why the it looks awful now because now they're just calling like, you know, the rule books. They're not having a dialogue with the players. Yeah, yeah, like they're they not like did. colleagues. It's like a supervisor. Yeah, yeah, like Mo, like man, I would get fouled sometimes, and I could go and ask the official, man, how'd you miss that? You know what, BJ? I couldn't see you. <laughs> I missed that one. Yeah. And I, and I can respect I respect that. the honesty. Mo, now, you know, guys would just walk away. You'd be like, man, I'm just talking to you. Yeah. Like, everybody's so... Mo, now, refs so, are crazy. Like, you can't say nothing now. You can't say nothing Mo, now. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, Mo, you got away with one. Sometimes, they miss one. But you respected that. And that, to me, Mo, is what makes, I don't know, that's what made the game, some of those officials, Mo, they were they were that good mm-hmm. that the players, I mean, Mo, there were some officials that, you know what, you were like, okay. They, they, were, they were just as much part of the game. That's crazy. I never thought about it like that. Oh, man, some of them, I miss some of those guys. Mo, some of them were fun, Mo, some of them, were fun knee. Mm-hmm. They would talk so crazy on the floor. <laughs> they would talk crazy. They would, they would talk. Bo, the, one of the funniest, one of the funniest things was it was crazy, right? I mean, Mo, we're getting crushed. I mean, Mo, we're we're getting crushed. Like we're down twenty five in like the first. It felt like in three minutes. Mm-hmm. So. You know, after a certain while, you know, you're 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 on the road, you're getting crushed, nothing's going right. 
nothing's going right. The other team's going crazy. Da 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 da. Yeah. So you know, what's the first thing you do? You got to change the momentum of the game, right? So you would file. You try to file somebody. Try to try take a to charge. Some, you try to do something to change the momentum of the game, right? Yeah. Try to get a tech. And yeah. Both. The official would not call a tech. He was like, "You guys are going to sit here, and you're you're going to sit here, and you're going to participate in this game." And he would not. <laughs> no, no, it was one. Of, it was so funny. Even we started like, like everyone was trying to get a tech, and Mo, we were like trying to get a tech, and Mo, he was like, "No, no, you you guys are no." You guys aren't going back there and have a hot dog and and hang out in the locker room. You're gonna stay out here. If I, if I gotta, bro, and he was he was talking the whole game. He was like, if I gotta be out here for 48 minutes, you guys gotta be out here for 48. And bro, bro, my whole career, I laugh about that with him every time. I was one of the greatest officiating jobs. The, nah, he wouldn't call a tech on the coaches. He wouldn't call a tech on the players. And Mo, it was great. Mo, he said, if I got to sit through this, you do too. <laughs> it was great. And I re- we so respected that. That we all had to. We all had to, Mo, like, you got to respect it. Like, there was a human element to this. Yeah. And it, it, it was great. I mean, there were things that were happening like that. And you know what I'm saying? And, and, and you know... There were great officials, but now I get it. You know, now you can't have those same relationships that you have back then. But stuff like that would happen, though. And, and that's what made it fun. I hate you. Well, listen, speaking of fun, this has been a very fun episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed this insight and these expert opinions from Mr. Armstrong. BJ, I appreciate you as always. We'll be back tomorrow with more. So make sure you guys subscribe. <laughs> I feel like after that episode, we deserve a nice little review or something on the Apple podcast. <laughs> I feel like a five stars is is necessary. But no, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate you rocking with us. Uh, I'm going to have to wrap up this show here and then I'm going to talk some trash to BJ off air uh, because we can't do that on the air. But uh, stay locked in. we got a lot more on the way. Make sure you subscribe and most importantly, get buckets.